see right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me tell you about a team I hate, all right? I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate this Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball, they try very hard to ruin it. I'm not Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, Brooklyn. Hey, isn't he? everybody it's monday night a little different usually this is gene's part where he goes into everything since he <laughs> hosts the show but for this week you got me i'm joined by jory uh we have another person who'll be coming on in a little bit so uh, you know i won't spoil their intro got daniel barry what's going on daniel um yeah so like look if you're new to the show you already know how it goes we just kind of sit here chill and just talk about what's going on in sports but before we get into any of that Jory, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm good. I mean, weekend was a little rough, but I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I mean, look, everybody knows that my mood kind of goes with the Patriots season. Yeah. As Gene says, it's been getting a little bit, I guess, more tempered as the season's gone on. I feel like it's not, but I guess that's a, a running joke on here. And it was another rough week for my team, but we don't need to talk about that. What do you tell? Look, I guess I'll start with my topic, and then we'll kind of just kick off the show that way. So for me, I want to talk about James Harden. You know, the trade was made with the Clippers. I wasn't a fan of it, but then again, I'm not really a fan of anything associated with James Harden. So it's been really tough for me to feel happy for him or feel like he's going to do anything special. What's going on, Steven? But we've seen so far it's been a few games with the Clippers. Haven't won a game yet with him. Wonder why. Then again, you know, he, he had to have the reins taken off. He's the system. So I guess you have to blame him for all this. Mm-hmm. What do you realistic think, realistically think is the best case, worst case scenario for the Clippers, with the man, the system, James Harden. Best case, they'll sneak into the playoffs. Worst case, they'll fall completely off the bandwagon because it's like they're not built. Now that you have add like a James Harden to kind of like mess up the chemistry, which what he's done. And there's four ball dominant players, and there's only one basketball, so that's going to be an issue. I'm like the worst case scenario. Yeah, they won't be playoff content. They won't be in the playoffs at all because James Harden. When you need him most, he goes ghost. 
I mean, they, I, I definitely agree with that. I also think that broadcaster going in on him was was perfect. That was hilarious. That's basically how I felt about James Harden. And, you know, I feel like a lot of NBA media people seem to have this hope that eventually he gets a ring or that he still has that Rockets Harden in him somewhere. I don't know why people think that about him. You know, he he's already shown it in L.A. Defensively, he's terrible. He lacks attention to what's around him. I feel like if you're going up against the Clippers, if you just pass the ball around enough on offense, whoever is kind of around James Harden will come free and you get either a layup at the rim or a wide open three because he has some of the worst positioning on defense I've seen. Mm-hmm. And now, unfortunately, I think like Westbrook has been kind of getting used to doing that defensively as well at times. So I just wonder how long before it all implodes and like Ty Lu gets upset, you know, will we get some like PG Harden type fighting or I don't know, because it has to be hard to be a teammate of James Harden. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't know. Yeah. Cause it had it been me. I would have been punched him in his face a long time ago, but it's, I don't think this is going to work for much longer. If we're going to be completely honest, cause it's like, Okay, so my vision of for this team to work is like just in, they messed up when they acquired him and just inserted him into the lineup. That's literally where they messed up at. Mm-hmm. You messed up the chemistry. Now you're like one in what? One in six in your last one in five in your last six games? You're not winning. Mm-hmm. So eventually it's gonna get the whole message of we gotta let players be themselves. We gotta let it's gonna get old and it's gonna implode. As, as far as the losing continues, I'll give it another week before we hear, hear another, about an incident coming out of L.A. Another week or two. I mean, a week or two? Okay. I was saying maybe, maybe like Thanksgiving might hear something, which I guess might be a week or two. So I, I, I'm kind of there with you. I guess the answer to my own question, though, best case scenario is probably, I don't know, second round of the playoffs. They're lucky. You know, mm-hmm. I People will say best case might be Western Conference Finals. I don't no. think that's possible at this point. They, yeah, they they messed up their chemistry and bringing in the guy who seems to be pretty selfish and has and quick he, mentality in him. And that's the thing. It's I'm, a liability. Like you don't need a liability come playoff time. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Uh, let's see, got coach in here. What's up, Steven said. Clippers would be very lucky to get either sixth or eighth seed in the playoffs. I, I mean, that's not like a bold prediction because if you look at the West right now, they are looking up at a lot of teams. Some of them are surprise teams. So I think with the Clippers, they got to hope like teams like Minnesota kind of fall off from their hot start. You know, Houston comes back down to earth. They better those... hope the don't get started. Yeah, because I mean they're last in the division right now. So they're looking up at Sacramento, Golden State, the Suns, and the Lakers. And I, I don't know how much better it's really going to get for them. Unless those teams in front of them, like the Suns, if the whole Bradley Beal thing, like his back has him in and out of the lineup and they're just never healthy, maybe they could bank on that. You know, for the Lakers, they'd have to bank on, I guess, what, LeBron missing more games than normal, AD getting hurt. But if everything kind of stays the course, 
Clippers are probably the worst team in that division. Mine is Memphis without job. Even though Memphis without job beat this Clippers team, which should tell you something. True. Memphis has been struggling. And I had a question about this Clippers team, kind of like a feed-off question. Like, what did you think the Clippers need to do to kind of what somewhat be mildly successful with Harden? I mean, at this point, they're going to have to make another move. Unfortunately, I don't know what that looks like. Who are they willing to give up? You know, there was guys who were untouchable in the Harden deal. Would they be willing to part with a Powell or a, a man? I don't even know if that helps them if they do that. And I don't even know who they should target. Like, if I'm them, do you target a point guard? But how's Harden going to deal with that? Because Harden thinks he's the guy to run point. You know, in that Grizzlies game, the one play I saw that told me everything I needed to know, he had the ball in the wing, dribbling, decided to wipe his shoes off like he's about to do something, took a step back three and airballed it. I saw that, and I it made me laugh because <laughs> I can't stand Harden for that very same play. That's what he's become now, and it's not a play you can rely on. So how many times is Kawhi going to be standing there hoping to get the ball to see a shot like that before he kind of just throws his hand up and goes, yeah, I'm going to sit out the next two games. I'm good. That's like my thing is like when it comes to the Clippers, like who they need to forget the egos. You can't put all four of them. If you're going to put all four of them on the court at the same time, don't start all four of them together. Like you need to put the, somebody's going to have to come off the bench. That's, that's we know who be that's going to be. Rotation. It's going to be Westbrook. Somebody's going to have to suck it up. They're going to make Westbrook do it. Because Westbrook is going to be the point that's probably going to be the most likely to suck it up and just take it coming off the bench because he's done it before. And it's like they need to finagle a rotation with all four of them, not just throw them out on the court when you really need to establish consistency. Because James Harden, right now, he's – offensively inconsistent and he's defensively he's never been consistent he's just been a liability on that end because he doesn't even try on that end of the court yeah um mo let's see i think the harder move will end up forcing the clippers to make another move to be fair as a team the clippers are very inconsistent on defense and relying on two wing players in the early 30s to score and play lockdown defense is a reach so who leaves pg or Kawhi? that's an interesting question Part of me thinks you'd probably get more for PG because of Kawhi's injury history. Kawhi need to retire. I mean, trust me, Kawhi's not a guy who's going to be playing into his 40s. You, you can already tell he doesn't have that mentality. I mean, I yeah, like PG, though. Yeah, I'd probably move PG. You could probably get a little bit more for him. I mean, Steven said get Marcus Smart out of Memphis. Marcus Smart would lose his mind dealing with James Harden. Yes, he would. That would be hilarious. I don't. I wouldn't wish that on Mar Marcus Smart would lose. <laughs> yeah, he would lose it in, in a week or two with James Harden. I mean, that's what Harden needs. Because then maybe he ends up quitting and they can move him. I, I don't know. The Clippers team, I feel like it, two things are going to happen with them. Like, they might win a game here this week and maybe they go on a run and everything's fine i think there's another couple of weeks of this kind of losing i think it could blow up like monumentally and become 
the media darling story because all the little reports coming out of there will be stuff that you know like Kendrick Perkins and stuff will just feast off of. Mm-hmm. And then poor Steve Ballmer's got to deal with it, even though that guy just wants to win badly. And maybe he wants to win so bad that he thinks he's getting Houston James Harden. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a Clippers fan. It'd be tough. Especially bringing in James Harden. Uh, Coach says, anybody coming off the bench would be Russell Westbrook is. Yep. Uh, Dance are not going to be James Harden. Yeah. Because Westbrook, look, you can say whatever you want about Westbrook. He at least gives his all. Sometimes it gets him into trouble because he thinks he's Steph Curry when he's not. But at least you'll know you're going to get 100% effort from him most of the time. Defensively, he still has his moments where he kind of loses track. He has his legs. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, James Harden will quit, like, will quit like he's always done before he comes off the bench. He'll leave the Clippers before he comes off the bench. You know he's not coming off the bench. Problem also is where would Harden even go at this point? I don't no, know what it, team would touch him at this point. Because he's already put it out in the air. I'm kind of difficult to deal with. When I'm not happy, I'm really hard to deal with. And I may or may not show up when you need me. Who wants to take me? Right. Like, come on now. Who's going to swipe right on that? Nobody. That's one of the best like career... I don't want to say like suicide or something like that, but just He's the best way to just kill your, I guess, career profile in like a couple off seasons. He just bouncing around. His yeah, him bouncing around, killing locker rooms. It's just. You've been on five know. teams in two years and you don't realize that you're the problem. It's everybody else. We gave you a nice little leash when it came to Brooklyn because Kyrie was Kyrie. Right. So we gave you a, we let Brooklyn slide, but everywhere else it's been who? Harden. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand that. He's just delusional and thinks that if I say it's somebody else's fault, everybody will believe it. We're not stupid. At some point, like the broadcaster says, you are the problem. Right. So if this doesn't work out in LA, there is no market for, I have a bet that I'll bet you that there is no market for Harden at this point. He better hit the Steph uh, Marbury route, hit China, and become a big hit over there. He can go join Dwight in Taiwan, and they can go disappear forever. That's that. Wouldn't mind that. Uh, Coach said, before James Harden comes off the bench, he'll retire. Well, hey. Please do it. That's what I'm saying. Ty (laughs) you got to save your job, man. Please do it. Because Mo said Tyler has to do something to take control because his job is on the line. Yep. That's one of this one of them moves that is I I don't want to be dramatic and call it franchise altering, but that's exactly what it's shaping out to be. Yeah. I mean, kind of like what Mo's alluding to. If this team flames out and is not even like playing worthy, there there needs to be some answers for that and that means guys being traded jobs being lost someone's not the answer for it whether mm-hmm. tyler becomes a scapegoat for it or uh like we talked about earlier you know pg or Kawhi get traded because of it someone's gonna have to go down because of this hardened move i mean balmer's not gonna fire himself obviously because he's balmer he's the owner yeah. and they open an arena next year like this is a terrible way to go into that 
but it's only the thing that the Clippers would do. Just ruin a team that they had built up. They had a team built up. And they ruined it. I don't know. Well, I look, I, I guess maybe part of it was you know, bombers maybe thinking Harden could be insurance for those nights when PG or Kawhi are out. Because then that's one less person that Harden has to worry about getting the ball to. So he could be a little bit more selfish. It's just, once again, there's going to be some night when Kawhi or PG won't play, and we might get some mystery illness from Harden so that he doesn't play either. I, I fully believe Harden is in the business of Whatever is the easiest way for him to get a ring, that's what he's about. Because like you said, when he went to Brooklyn, in his mind, he had, you know, KD, Kyrie, who could do all the work. You know, he could be a little productive, and they would have been fine because he thought that's the way that was going to be. But then, like you said, Kawhi, Kyrie did his stuff, and Harden realized if Kyrie's going to be a part-time player, then I have to do more. Nah, I'm not doing that, so I need to get out. He goes to Philly. He has the MVP with him. You know, they have what Tucker, Tobias Harris, Maxie, all these guys. And what happened? When it came down to a game six and seven against Boston, Harden checked out. We moved on from there because he realized that was probably the best he could do there. He goes and to the Clippers. Ten times better without him. I'm like, what? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a Celtics fan, I, I might actually be worried about the Sixers this year because Harden isn't there. Might be. Not saying I am. Might be. <laughs> but because of the Clippers, he's like, PG, Kawhi, Westbrook, I could just, you know, fit in, do my thing, and we'll be good. And now they're struggling, and you know something's going to come out soon, sooner or later, about Harden being unhappy or lied to or something. He's going to pull one of those Maury things where, Maury lied to him. You know, Maury was the like one person who was in his corner, which is crazy to me that he just turned on him like that. Uh, see Mo, great point, Kyler opening an arena. He needs star power to fill the seats. Yeah, and coach. But even though he went to Brooklyn, his first intention was to try to go to Philly. Rockets just traded him to Philadelphia, so they gave in and wanted to go to Brooklyn. And he's seen Katie get hurt. Kyrie were not playing. Yeah. Like I said, that's the spot that I give him a pass at. But anywhere else, he's the problem. Mm-hmm. Credit White and Sparkle how well they guarded him, made him quit. Yeah. I mean, I think he would have quit anyway. Because I still say they, they needed to win game six. Tatum couldn't hit a bucket. You know, I think Harden was coming off the game five when he had his first good performance since game one. And they couldn't take game six. And the minute they started game seven, he and Embiid had checked out of that series. And that's why they got blown out in game seven. Because they didn't care at that point. Mm-mm. All right. I mean, that's that's probably enough James Harden for now. I mean, I could roast him for two hours. Trust me. I sure could. I really I, could. I'd do that easily. But, you know, we, we got some other topics we could talk about. So I'll let you go ahead with yours. And my question was, like, considering – Everything that's going on with the Falcons, the, the the Desmond Ritter situation. You have Bijan, that whole his whole lack of usage. Arthur Smith being kind of snippy with the media, trying to do his best Mike Rabel impersonation. 
Should Arthur Smith be feeling the heat a little bit at this point? I mean, that's kind of tricky because it all depends on what, what were your expectations for the Falcons this year. I didn't think they were that good. Luckily for them, the division, once again, around them isn't that good. So I do think that now Falcons fans were really looking at this team as a playoff team. But if you look at the quarterback position, they're just not that right now. So I would say based off of the start they had and the way that the rest of the division has lined up, if they don't make the playoffs, Arthur Smith absolutely should be on the hot seat. Because if you look at the teams in the in the NFC South, you know, you could argue between, you know, I guess the Saints, Falcons, and Bucks, maybe who has the better defense. I'd probably say the Saints. But the Falcons defense, surprisingly, is not that bad. Offensively, if you just look at the weapons outside the quarterback position, you could argue the Falcons have the best group. But because of Arthur Smith wanting us to to believe in Desmond Ritter. I feel like they dropped some games that maybe they would have won if he had gone to Heineke before. I don't know. But it, it kind of seems like his stubbornness to, I, I, I don't know, not really evolve the offense in any way should put him on the hot seat because, like I said, with the rest of the division the way it is, this Falcons team should be leading the division. The fact that they're sitting four and six, a game behind the Saints, has to reflect on Arthur Smith. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you feel about him, but yeah, I would, I'd, I'd put him on the hot seat. I was about to say that because I'm like the whole city wants him gone. Uh, every Falcons fan I talk to, they are tired mm-hmm. of Arthur Smith because it's like you're leading this team into an offensive mess. Like, what are you doing? You're not using Kyle Pitts right. You're not using Bijan Robinson right. Mm-hmm. Drake London is starting to get slighted with his touches, but you want to force feed it to Jonu Smith and whoever else. That's another thing. And I love my Titans people. I love my former Titans players. Mm-hmm. The Falcons fans are tired of Titans rejects. They're tired of them. And then you wasted time because we already knew Mariota wasn't going to take this team anywhere. Mm-hmm. You wasted time with both Mariota and Ritter when three or four games into the season, we could have concluded he ain't it. Yeah. I was done with Ritter by week three. I was done, done. And then you're, it's like you're losing winnable games. Like the Arizona game that just happened yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. You could argue that was winnable. It should have been. It should have been winnable. Mm-hmm. The game against my team, you could argue that was winnable too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yet yeah, – when people question you about your job security or whatnot, and if you're feeling it, you, your answering is, this is what you sign up for. No, take accountability of your mismanagement because your seat should be hot from Ringgold to Valdosta, from the tip of Georgia. Because mm-hmm. it's not, they hired you because you're an offensive genius, because you took a Titans team offense to top, to a number one seed in the AFC you did that and now you got you're leading this team into an offensive mess I I think he's done done well not 
to that point, but pretty much he's sealing his own fate. I mean, you did bring up a good point with the Mariota part because, yeah, he stuck with Mariota way too long. Last season, you know, I remember watching Falcons games and saying, you drafted Ritter, you might as well throw him out there because that Falcons team last season wasn't going anywhere. But for some reason, Arthur Smith was trying to compete with a group that wasn't competing. And then, like you said, you could say he's doing that this, doing the same thing this year. He stuck with Ritter when Ritter was having terrible games early in the season, but he tried to make it seem like just give Ritter time. He's figuring it out. Then Ritter had like two games back to back when he played kind of decent. And I felt he like Arthur Smith right felt like, right. And I felt like Arthur Smith felt like vindicated for sticking with him. And then he just turned around and became the Ritter that most of us know he is. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Arthur Smith is trying to come across as a guy who's like done a lot in this league when he has it. Like, he doesn't have, you know, the cachet of, like, Vrabel or Tomlin or Belichick or something like that. But it seems like in Arthur Smith's mind, he is one of those guys. So he need to cut that mustache right on off. Because <laughs> I know exactly where he got that from. Hey, look. He just want to be a wannabe, a, lo- a lookalike. Like, I saw the Falcons-Titans game. I'm like, am I looking at the same coach? Like, what is this here? Well, I mean, that's the problem with some of these coordinators, though. A lot of them try to be the coach that they served under. I mean, look, a lot of the Belichick disciples have run into the same problem. You know, McDaniels tried to be Belichick in Denver, and I think Vegas, whatever, doesn't work for him because he doesn't. he's not the same guy. So it obviously comes across that Arthur Smith is trying to be Vrabel when he's not that guy. I don't know why these coordinators do it. Like, be your own coach. Yeah, you can take some things from him, but you don't have to steal everything from him. Like Greg says, yeah, be who you are. Like, it doesn't make any sense. From the mustache to the vest. I'm like, come on now. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's it is the Falcons. They they have a history of doing kind of head scratching things. Because even if they fired Arthur Smith, I would be worried about who they would hire after him. Me too. Because it's not like you know, they would probably give Josh McDaniels an, uh, a try. This city will riot. <laughs> it probably would, but it, it'd be a Falcons type of move. And I'd love to see it. <laughs> ah, good old Atlanta sports. I'm, I, I can respect it. You know, the Falcons fans, I will give them this. Out of the Atlanta sports fan bases, they are the most loyal. Braves fans sure aren't. I was about to say, I was about to backtrack on that one. But, well, Braves fans, probably now, yes, because they're the best team in town. But there's a lot of years, like, especially Five when I first came out here. Yeah, they weren't showing up to Turner Field. They could care less about the Braves. All right. Uh, Jim, Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh would be, yes, that would be an Atlanta move, too. That sure would be. I mean, Harbaugh such has a- some things to do with in Michigan, but you know, I could see that. That actually would be an upgrade, to be honest with you, if they brought it- in Jim Harbaugh. And if they uh, fire Arthur Smith, he got a place in Nashville to come help this offense once again. Wink, wink. You're right. such a good offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, Braves actually won something. Yeah. Yeah, in Atlanta, like if you win, 
that gives you about a good three, four years of support. If you don't win within that, the fans start turning away. Especially with now, Georgia still of- being as dominant as they are, that's where a lot of like Atlanta fans turn to when the Hawks or whatever aren't good. They just go, oh, we'll just watch the Bulldogs. Yeah, that's exactly why the Bulldogs fan base has grown in the past yeah. five years. Like, uh, six years ago, y'all were not this deep. Mm-hmm. Like six years ago, I would roll around in, in neighborhoods and I'd see Alabama flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, no. Yep. Just bandwagoners. Yeah, that, that, that is Atlanta in a nutshell. Yes. Uh, so I guess kind of keeping it with the NFL theme. Because I was seeing this kind of on social media. It seems like every time the uh, spoiler alert Hawks won't be winning anything, hey, if you want me to roast the Hawks, I could do that for two hours too. They look pretty good right now. I could still roast them. I know. I, I, I can look Trey Young. I mean, we could we could literally go into a Trey Young like diatribe here. As long as Trey Young is the best player on the Hawks, they will win nothing. Absolutely nothing. DeJounte Murray is a better fit to run Atlanta than Trey Young. Unfortunately, Trey Young is the bigger name, and that carries weight down in Atlanta. The fact that Trey Young gets commercials makes him popular to Atlanta fans because if uh, Atlanta is always one of those cities that likes to cry about their team's not getting any respect nationally. Because they so don't if they have it. a player that does, that's what they latch on to. Like the one year that the Falcons earned it in 2016, what happened? 28-3. Yeah, that poor Arthur Blank coming out from the box ready to celebrate. I was like, Arthur, go back upstairs, man. What you doing? And as soon as Arthur. that happened, what happened? Yeah. And they treated Matt Ryan like trash. trash. And then I thought it was hilarious a couple of weeks ago. They did a little tribute to Matt Ryan when he was in the booth with Fox. I was like, the hypocrites in this fan base, they couldn't stand Matt Ryan. But now they're No, they called him Noodle Arm. Like, what? (sighs) They called him Matty Fluff. They called him a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of other stuff. Noodle Arm, Matt, whatever. They didn't like Matt Ryan. Not at all. They, they, because I remember that's when Vic had his legal stuff. And a lot of the fan base was like, oh, we'll just wait for Vic to get out of jail. Like, what? What team is going to do that? Like, <laughs> I thought it was, look, it was the, one of the dumbest arguments I heard from people. Oh, just wait for him. Okay. And you tell me how, what coach is going to survive waiting around for a guy to get out of jail to come back and be your quarterback. Coach says, don't get me started. I'm assuming that's about Trey Young. Yes. Pretty sure the Hawks were rolling to that ref injured guy. <laughs> I mean, Greg, I, I know that you I believe Gregory is kind of a Trey Young fan, I think. But uh, where was I going? Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about the NFL again. So I've been seeing this around kind of social media. It seems to happen whenever the Jaguars, you know, lose a, a game against a good team. People are always going to go with, is Trevor Lawrence your guy? I don't know why there's so much attention on Trevor Lawrence necessarily. Like, He's still a young player. Yes, he's won some big games. He's lost some. That's like a lot of these quarterbacks. I can say that about Josh Allen. 
I could say it for Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak, Dak Prescott loses a lot more than Trevor Lawrence, but it's kind of the way to, of, the, of the NFL. Like, the fact that he lost to the Niners, okay, I'm not going to sit here and kill him for it. The, the Niners, Niners lost three in a row. Game. Yeah, and we know they weren't going to lose four in a row. That was a tough game for him. But it seems like everybody wants to prove those who think Trevor Lawrence is the next it guy wrong. And then the ones that just hate on him for whatever reason, who love to just pop up out of the ground when they lose games like this. So I guess the question would be, how do you, how do you view Trevor Lawrence right now? Like, do you think he could be a future top five guy? Is he a future MVP type player? Or do you think he's overhyped? I think he's kind of overhyped. They've been overhyping Trevor Lawrence since. I got, I got so sick and tired of Trevor Lawrence when he came out. Mm-hmm. One, he's in my division. I'm going to get sick and tired of hearing about him. Uh, he, is, I will admit, he is, he's, av- he, he's above average. It, he's above average. I wouldn't give him a leap just yet. Okay. But, t- like Mo just said, time will tell. And like Dante said, he's over overhyped. We got to see him twice a year. Both of mm-hmm. our teams got to see him twice a year. I, the first few times he played my team, I didn't see it. If we're being completely honest, probably because my defense put him on his butt. Now. The next two times, I'm not trying to talk ahead of myself and talk my team into getting its absolute rear it rears kicked because my team is not a very good team right now. It hurt me to admit that too. That that hurt. But um, welcome to to that side of the track. I'm right there with you. My team's not good right now either. It, it's something you gotta look in the mirror and be like, "This isn't our year," and just be okay with it. I just I realized that like last week, but when it comes you watch like, this season, you rip your own team and you laugh along with everybody else. They have good pieces, but for whatever reason, they've hasn't they haven't wowed me. They've always just just the Jags. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's overhyped. He still has the talent. He has the potential. He can be one of those guys. I've seen the flashes, but right now he's overhyped. Uh, well, before we go any further, we got Chase here. Enter Man, the are we, are we talking, Chase. What, how we how we doing tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Are we talking about the Tennessee Titans? No, we're talking about the Jags. Oh, okay. We're talking about the Jets. We're talking about the Jags. The Jags are. I, I, you don't think they're the real deal, Troy? Well, mainly the Trevor Lawrence part. Want, you don't want them to be. Because a lot of people are talking about Trevor Lawrence after the loss of the Niners and wondering if he's the guy, if he's whatever. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I've always had high praise for uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, but I think that you know, unfortunately, just the way the Jags had handled the situation when he very first got started, um, I think uh, you know it, it kind of hindered his his growth, but. Doug Peterson's got him going in the right direction. Uh, I I do. Uh, who tell? Can we kick John out the out the barbershop? Buffalo <laughs> Bills. What? No, thank you. <laughs> it's just a really nice shirt that my mama bought me, sir. <laughs> so, how y'all doing tonight? 
Good, good. I mean, I'm doing all right. Got a little like session it. dogging on James Harden, so it was a great start to the show. Man, I I miss that. Well, can we can we reel that Absolutely. back? Absolutely, I got more material on James Harden. We can definitely go <laughs> back to it. <laughs> let me tell let me tell y'all something. So, uh, being from Kansas City, we don't have a basketball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but y'all know that I like Nick Wright. Nick Wright is my boy. Um, and when Nick Wright used to do sports radio in uh, in Kansas City, like Nick Wright was like, "Yo, like as a Kansas City fan, I have adopted Oklahoma City." And I remember that, and I was like, "Yo, like that's my team now, Oklahoma City." So let me tell you how much I don't like James Harden because we got rid of him. <laughs> We kicked James Harden to the curb, and I just – I'm not okay with it. So, anytime I get the trash on James Harden, I'm going to. I mean, it used, to, used to not be the same for West. Like, I, as you all know, I'm a big, huge uh, Westbrook fan, mm-hmm. um, but not so much anymore. Westbrook is – Dame is a Dame for me because I'm tired of him. Uh, Dame's whole shenanigans this offseason has put a whole lot of material in – I could go in on Dame for years. I, I get so sick and tired of hearing Dame's name. From the offseason, boy, trigger word. Um, <laughs> Mo says, what type of car does Harden drive? Asking for a friend. And then John <laughs> Sugg says, a Prius. If that ain't the most accurate shit I ever heard. <laughs> I don't know what James Harden does drive, but if James Harden was a vehicle, it would be a Prius. Because he's only good for 50 miles per hour, and then after that, it's it's done. I mean, look, Harden, when he was with the Thunder, I was a fan of his. You know, he was a six-man, kind of do a little bit of everything. That was the best form. Right, and he went off. Yeah, went off, became like a 30-point scorer, and now it's turned into this, where, where he thinks he can hit every three. He thinks that Not he, even can, that. he, he deserves every foul call. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, in the middle of a the game, they pass you the ball. You have a whole routine where you step back and shimmy before you shoot a three. Yeah. Like, what? Style <laughs> points. Time. Style points, baby. Style points. A whole routine, every shot. Damn, over him. But it's like he's getting further away from the basket because it was a couple of years ago when they took away the – um. Kind of like his normal play where he got to the rim, kicked his head You're back, got a foul call. They took that away from him because they cracked down on that. And it seems like he has no counter to that. So now it's just all perimeter play. That's all he can give you now. And I think that's where that's kind of part of the reason why we're seeing him be so inconsistent and, and terrible right now. Uh, Kerm said, we are fine now, better coaching, and they play the right way. Kerm, trust me, I love the Thunder now. Yeah, I'm a big SGA fan. And Giddy, I love, I love the makeup of their team. Yeah, obviously they're my favorite team, but I mean, like, I think that I think that they're in a great position now. Yeah. Um, obviously to to go further. So. Yeah, funny. The Thunder are better now. The Sixers are better now. All places James Harden went, put his fingerprint on, left, and like they're the all Sixers, now doing better. The Sixers, it was pretty much immediate. They got him up out of there, and they went on a roll. I'm mm-hmm. like, you were that much of a cancer to the locker room, to the whole organization, that as soon as they get off, get up off of you, you they start blowing teams out. Yeah. Just like the whole Raiders situation, they get off, they 
fired McDaniels, and here they come, scoring 30 yes. points. My teammates scored 30 points in two years. I was like, are you serious right now? Listen, they sucked really, really bad with Josh McDaniels. Now they just suck with Josh McDaniels. But he should get it. He should be considered for the head coaching job the way he's done a good job of leading them, those Raiders, because now they're dancing in the locker room and they really haven't won nothing. But it's well, just different. I, I think, I think for that organization, for them to have like that much of a culture shock, a culture change with getting rid of McDaniels and whatnot, uh, I, I agree. He should definitely get the head coaching job. But if we go back to when McDaniels was hired, and Rich Passaccio took that team to the playoffs. Rich Passaccio should have gotten the head coaching job, and the Raiders elected to go a different route. I Mark wouldn't be it just player. it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if Mark Davis said, uh, "You know, hey, good job, kid, but uh, we're going in a different direction. We're gonna go. He'll chase a bigger go, name. Yeah, we're gonna Mr. go bowl get. Bowl cut needs to listen to his players. But I don't know what that's a bowl cut. I don't know what that is. He looked like a little kid off the off the thing they gonna play. No, he right? looks like a Lego action. He looks like one of the old school Legos. <laughs> yeah. you know I'll say, been to plenty of barbershops. I have never seen that on the chart. So yep. wherever he's going, it must be some special hookup. Listen, if I walk into my because I need to go see my barber, as you all can see, um, I need to go visit my barber ASAP. But if I walked into my barber and said, "Yo, let me get that Mark Davis," he'd say, "Out." <laughs> I'll go out of business before I start cutting hair like that. <laughs> I love it, man. Anytime I get to, anytime I get to dump on the Raiders, man, I love it. Let's yeah. do this. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good fan base, but some of the decisions right. that they made is just, yeah. yes. But they haven't done anything worthwhile since I wasn't even one years old yet. That was two thousand and two. Hmm. I think I think they could have had a really good uh, the year that the year that um, Derek Carr I think it was 2016 Derek Carr was in the running for MVP and, and then he, he broke got his leg. he broke his back wasn't it or was it his leg I'm thinking it was his leg it probably was I just remember I remember the Chicago defender like laying on landing on him and him like folding up like a pancake. And like mm -hmm. something got hurt, and I'm, I think Joey's right. I think it was his leg. Yep. And like I said, he was in contention for MVP that year, and they were the first. They were the number one seed in the A. Uh, in the AF, not number one seed. They were atop the division, is what I mean. Um, and then obviously we surpassed them when they uh, when he went down because mm -hmm. I I think they had some bum at backup. But yeah, they uh, I haven't done. Joey, you said you were how old? I'm 22. Uh, oh, oh, oh my God, bro! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so when they oh. went, they they last went deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I was in diapers. Man, he broke his fibula. That is correct. If Connor Cook is their backup, Ooh. I remember South eight. South Carolina, right? That was a Gamecock. Was it? For some reason I was thinking Michigan Connor State. Cook. I don't know. He why. was in Michigan State because they went okay. to the CFB playoff and Alabama yeah. steamrolled thirty-one to nothing. All right, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> the rest of this show. <laughs> I can't get the injury right. I can't get the player right. You play I'm for done. Michigan, Michigan State. Okay, that's what coach is saying. All right. Um, Mo said something back when we were talking about Harden. Okay. Some stars age with grace in the NBA. Harden is not one of those guys. His name is bigger than his game. Absolutely true. Because yep. there are some players who have aged well. I would say Derrick Rose has done fine for himself. Even though he lost his athleticism, he's found a way to kind of find a niche and, and stay a rotation guy. Vince Carter, I thought, was really good. Aged well. Um, could arguably say Blake Griffin, maybe. Once he stopped dump, jumping over keys, he became absolutely somewhat three-point shooter and kind of hustle guy, which you know I gave him a lot of credit for really taking a step back. But yeah, Harden, yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna last that long, I think. Uh, he's he's how old? Thirty four. Harden, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, the way athletes are going now, you should look at Harden and be like, "Oh, that that guy should play into his forties." But there's not a chance no. he's gonna keep up with he's his body. He's destroyed his market to the point where he's destroyed his market to the point where he's not gonna play till forty because he's not gonna get another contract with the Clippers based off of what I'm seeing for about a week. Mm -hmm. That's his last opportunity to get a big contract, which I really don't see that happening. Yeah. So he'll be done by thirty-eight. I might be optimistic because you're not going to bring him around a team of young guys because he's the mm -mm. worst. Because he'll be a influence you'll have, and then veteran teams won't want to deal with him because they already know what he's about. Although, may, hey, maybe Jerry, maybe your Lakers might take him. Uh uh. I I feel like he went to the team that I thought he would go to. Uh, it seems like it makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And here's what's crazy. Like, even after they switched owners, like, and I know the culture and the culture uh, for the Clippers have probably changed since they switched owners and whatnot. But still, like, when people were talking about, like, yo, he's a cancer, like, I don't know what locker room he would thrive in. I immediately thought, like, the Clippers. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think he's in his, I think he's in his element. And, and I think it'll, it'll, I think it'll probably be a good, a good couple of seasons before they finally go, okay. Maybe this isn't panning out. Maybe we need to. Maybe we need to go. You know, look elsewhere. But the writing on the wall is now. Sure, but I do think the fact that they're opening the arena next year probably helps them, because Balmer will at least be like, "Hey, got James Harden." Some fans might be like, "Oh, cool." Then after that honeymoon kind of period runs out, then yeah, they might look at Harden and be like, "He's not going to put us a anything." So why do we need to keep them? I, I agree. And I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do, Kyle. They're going to put a big banner of James Harden up outside of the arena, that new arena. But it's going to be James Harden from 2014 with a Clippers jersey photoshopped on him. <laughs> they're not about to do it right now. <laughs> that would make sense. That would make sense. <laughs> uh, I mean, Chase, did, did you have a topic or anything you wanted to throw out there? No, man, I, I wanted to talk about uh you know, I'm I'm a little I'm a little bummed out that uh <laughs> I'm a little bummed out that uh you know mean Gene couldn't be with us tonight, man, because I thought, you know, instead of bringing up a question or a topic, I figured we'd talk about like the big Monday night football game next week. The the Super Bowl rematch. Um 
uh, going to be here in Kansas City. And uh, I saw I saw a meme, and that's why it made me think of like Gene and, and Philadelphia fans. It uh, it said uh, that Kansas City was going to use new grass. Um, on the- <laughs> we're not we're not putting new grass down, but uh, <laughs> there's going to be a there's going to be new grass on the field. So you know, like I said, I just wanted to kind of kind of get y'all's thoughts about that. What it, it, the two best teams? Arguably, right? Mm-hmm. Best team in the mm-hmm. NFC and the, uh, the the best team in the AFC going uh, going head to head next Monday night. Who y'all got? This is a hard one because both of their offenses really haven't been clicking on all six cylinders, like I've seen. Like especially with the Chiefs in their wide receiver room, that is scary. Not scary, good, just scary to look at. Um, and then you have the the Eagles who. They have a new OC and it's kind of, it's becoming a little bit of a on and off type of they don't look like Philly of last year. They're not winning pretty. They are winning more grimy type gritty games. It's closer. And Philly has more injuries, I believe, than the Chiefs. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs won this game. I also wouldn't be surprised if Philly did what Philly has done all season. We just figure out a way to win. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of right there with Jory. It's like it, it's tough to really look at these two and really know what you're going to get because I keep saying, you know, Kansas City, they'll figure it out. And they have been doing that to, to their credit. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people talk about what they don't have at the wide receiver position, but they're winning. So I, I do think. Kelsey. Well, I mean, that's that's what you should do. It's whether or not other teams can figure that out and, you know, blanket coverage on him and force Mahomes to go somewhere else. So far, nobody's really forced them to do that. And then with the Eagles, I've been saying for like three weeks now, it's got to click at some point, and it just hasn't. I would probably lean Eagles right now, but if you ask this again next week, I may lean Kansas City. But for right now, I would say the Eagles because I do think the Eagles are a slightly better team and I'm only going to use that as my reason that they will find a way to pull it out. Eventually at some point in the fourth quarter, they'll take a lead and be able to, to hold on to it. So I would go with the Eagles right now. They you said giving Kansas city by six. I'm so Man. Y'all want to get me started on that? Because I'm like, what? Quit showing Taylor Swift. I can't even listen. I can't go by a day at work without listening to a song with Taylor Swift. I can't watch a, a football game without looking at Taylor Swift. Like, make it stop. Like, cut this foolishness out. Jory sounds legit upset. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a voice crack in there for a second. I was like, right. I we were, oh. oh, we were gonna have a moment. <laughs> um, I no, man. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I I'm like, I thought that the Chiefs' offense would click, would like find, would find a way to figure it out, right? Just because that's what Mahomes has done. That was the argument last year. Was is he has nobody? He has no one number one wide receiver. Uh, they got rid of Tyreek Hill. He's not going to win, and, and then they found a way to do it. Um, obviously, with some with some rough spots and uh, you know some uh, some learning or you know some some learning uh, issues. 
Uh, but they found a way to do it. This year, it still looks it looks worse than it did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like Mahomes, the reason why these no-name wide receivers get a lot of recognition with Mahomes, Albert Wilson, uh, uh, Junior Hemingway, etc., um, uh, the reason why that happened was because Mahomes puts the 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 ball on the money, and they just they can't they can't pull it in this year. The defense has been the has been the uh, has been the saving grace of this team, yeah. which is it, which is completely which is yeah. Uh, I I mean I expect. Yeah. Like for the past two seasons, Kansas City's defense hasn't been up to par. Well, they've been good, but they haven't been this good. Yeah. Yeah, they were like an opportunistic defense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, which you, you look at it and you think, okay, like it should be that way. You've got one of the you got one of the highest paid safeties in Eric Reed. Um, you know, uh Chris Jones, one of the highest paid defensive line players. Um, I'm Nick Bolton got injured, but uh, Nick Bolton is one of the best sideline to sideline inside linebackers in the NFL. Um, you got a first round draft pick in Trent McDuffie. So you've got you you've got the talent there. It's just like Jory said, they were not I mean, they were they were decent last year. They weren't like it wasn't anything to like get excited about. Um, you know. That was that was my thing. Like if you took the the top, if you took the Chiefs against the number one offense, um, it was gonna be a it was gonna be a close game and it was gonna be a scary game, right? Uh, and this year it's a, it's a little bit of a different different thing. I just I I don't know, man. I I at home in Arrowhead Monday night, both teams are coming off of a bye. Um, I, I I usually have the stat in front of me of like Andy Reid's astronomical record yeah. um, coming off the bye. But I don't know, man. I, I I'm not a I'm not excited about this game. So okay. worries me just a little bit. Understandable. This Philly's defense can definitely get to Mahomes, and they could stop all of that. But the one thing about Philly's defense I do have concerns about is their secondary. I know they took my safety, and for the record. I would like for teams to stop using my team as a damn talent farm. That is not that that that's not going to fly anymore. Well, um, maybe if maybe if y'all did something with the talent, that that's also true. Yeah, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry should have been a chief a long time ago. Don't start. But like the defense, Philly's defense can definitely get to Mahomes, and they could probably, they might be able to contain Kel- Kelsey, even though he's older and slightly bit more injury prone. But they, if they can contain Kelsey and the, the their young secondaries, because their secondary has been on and off the injury report this year, I feel like yeah, Eagles the defense will be will do what they're supposed to do. But like I said, the secondary is a that's their vulnerable point. I don't see it on the offensive line. I don't see it on the offense, even though play calling is questionable. Their really big vulnerability is their secondary right now. Especially down the middle where 
that's kind of where Kelsey operates. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it is kind of fascinating with Kelsey because I also I used to wonder it about Gronk. Yeah, everybody knew Brady was going to Gronk. It was like nobody could stop it. And same thing with Mahomes. It's like any tough situation, Mahomes is going to throw to Sky Moore or, you know, Rice or something. He's looking for Kelsey. How these defenses haven't keyed in on that, I'll never know. But it's kind of speaks to the greatness of the of the pairing of the two. So I, I do think so. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, good defenses have a way to slow them down. Yes, but um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a great game. I can't wait for it. Especially with both of them coming off a bye, you probably figure maybe you might see the best of both teams finally. And maybe have a better idea of what these two teams will be going forward. Uh, because in the AFC, look, everybody was on Baltimore up until this past week when they completely imploded in the second half against uh, Cleveland. It, it did wait. make my Sunday a little better. Wait, wait, that wait, made wait. My wait. So much better. And I had oh, a rough Pause, pause. Are we, are we, are we talking about the Baltimore Ravens? Mm-hmm. That are we talking about the Baltimore Ravens? Blowing a lead, giving yeah. a game up in the second yeah. half. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make Lamar sure. Not playing well. In uh, the I, second just, half. I just wanted I, to make sure because. Yeah, it didn't you know, surprise the, me, but okay. You know, a lot of the NFL talk had been Lamar's yep. your MVP favorite. The Ravens are the best team in the AFC, and I'm just like, as soon as they started four, saying that, here we go. We saw this I'm couple like, years Ravens ago. Ravens are one of those teams that. If they're being good, you don't say anything about them. Because the second you say, oh, the Ravens are look are looking really nice, they just do Ravens things. Yeah. I mean, like I said, a lot of people talk about Lamar MVP. They're saying Ravens are a title contender. They're the best team in the AFC. I wonder what they're going to say now with the way that they looked. Once again, like you said, Chase, there's been several games this year where the Ravens have looked great in the first half. And then the second half looked like they don't even know what football is. So the fact that they had that lead over a division rival in Cleveland and Lamar had, what, one completion in the, in the second half? You know, all the questions about Cleveland's offense and they allowed that team to come back and win that game late. I, I don't understand why people buy in to Baltimore so soon. Yeah, you know, and Sajin brings up a great point. It is a division game, so it's not a huge surprise. I get that. But let's go back to last year, Mm -hmm. Um, the Miami game. Remember, it was Baltimore who made Miami look like the number one seed Mm -hmm. uh, because they let Miami come back on a uh, 30-point differential. Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know what I mean? Like this. That's why why I I reacted the way I did is because – Everybody acts shocked that that, that happened to, to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a division game, but this is not something out of the norm uh, with Baltimore. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, we saw it last year, and I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is MVP worthy. Um, I think that he is MVP caliber. I think he deserves mm-hmm. the money he got, etc. I'm not going to say it, but. If you look at the Baltimore Ravens and what they've done, and you look at some of the things, uh, if you kind of point to some of those things about the Baltimore Ravens, hint, hint, head coach, 
John Harborough has a history of letting his foot off the gas, so to speak, mm-hmm. or not letting it off the gas, but just kind of not adjusting. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm sure that you could go back and watch a few Sunday morning drives last year. And Gene and I both, uh, both agreeing that, that it was, uh, that it is a habit of, you know, um, it's a habit of John Harborough's, uh, to, you know, do those, do these things to not adjust. Cause it's, it's crazy to think that a team built off the running game is so bad at holding leads. You would think if you get up two scores with that run game and, and Lamar's ability to run, yeah, they, they should be one of the best teams with a lead. But for some reason, like you said, Harbaugh loves to become ultra conservative and ultra predictable, which leads to them losing these leads late. So I, I don't know. It's on track. 2019 playoff game. Didn't adjust. 2020. Whole bunch of games. Choking away leads. Didn't adjust. Last year. Choking away leads. Didn't adjust. It's a pattern. I've mm-hmm. said this is 20, 20 that Harbaugh, need, Harbaugh needs to go. Because at some point, this is not Lamar's fault. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I'm using Har or I'm bringing up Harbaugh because, like I said, we've. We've had these discussions before. Um, I don't necessarily know uh, if getting rid of John Harbaugh is the right call, um, but I think there is, is there <laughs> there is there is something uh, going on with the the Baltimore Ravens organization that you know because um, I just feel like every year we're sitting here going, oh, this is the year. Mm-hmm. This is the year. This is the year Lamar proves the doubters wrong. This is the year that, you know, um, et cetera. And then Joy brought up a great point. Uh, they they went and they went and played the Tennessee Titans in 2020. And I remember that one. Yeah, I remember that one because uh, I I was like, I was, I was scared to I was scared to face them. I was like, I, we beat them earlier in that year, but I was like, yo, like Lamar's on this MVP run. Like he just won MVP. I think like I think if the Chiefs have to go to if the Chiefs have to go to Baltimore, I don't like our chances. Luckily for me, Tennessee beat them and Tennessee came to Kansas City. So and didn't play well. No, of course not. <laughs> they had just knocked off Tom Brady in his last game as a Patriot and then beat the crap out of Baltimore. Yep. And then turn around and play flat. I'm like, nah, all right. Story. Story of your fandom, George. Bruce in here. <laughs> Bruce says he feels like Lamar is the best quarterback of all in the NFL as he's got the big arm and has accuracy. That's a little questionable. And speed with his oh, feet. Don't so like why that. why do we lose? I say because the coach is bad and not smart. First of all, that's Bruce? not the right form of the word lose. That's loose, not lose. I, I, I understand. It was bothering me. Okay. I, I saw it. I, I saw you. I, I already knew. Um. Look, so there you go, Bruce. Not only are you <laughs> wrong about Lamar being the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, you're wrong because you spelt lose as loose. So that's the last time that's the last time your comment gets brought up, Bruce. <laughs> I'm just messing with Bruce. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm a, I, I, I'm a homer, obviously. So obviously, 
I, I think that I think that Bruce has a, a lot of great um a lot of great points about Lamar. Yeah. But, no, Bruce, you're good. You're good, Bruce. Yeah. You're good, Bruce. Did he put his it was just that one thing. That was just yeah. it, I mean, I think part of it with Lamar is like they they pushed out Greg Roman and they told us that there's gonna be this new great offense now. Spreading it out, Lamar's gonna show everything. If you look at it, he still targets Mark Andrews all the time, and he still runs a lot. So it's the little same offense. He just brought in a new guy to call the same plays. And yeah. add Zay Flowers. Right. And Zay Flowers will have one game where he gets like six, seven catches, like 80, 90 yards, and then he'll have a game where it's like four catches, 30 yards. I mean, yeah. it's – until you change kind of the mentality of Lamar, this is what you're going to get. He loves to throw over the middle because that's easy to him. Outside the numbers is still a challenge for him. And I get it. It's a tough throw, but it's kind of a throw you have to make if you're an MVP level quarterback. And until he can consistently do that, I, I just think Baltimore is going to continue to fall short. Now, it may, it may turn into like playoff wise, it might depend on the matchup. Maybe they get lucky and get the right path to get to a Super Bowl. I, I just wouldn't bank on that. I, it, I'll tell you what, I, in my opinion, I think that the Baltimore Ravens, because I agree, I think that they've always, um, they've always been a running team, and I think that it's it's very good, or I think it would be beneficial for them to kind of open that up. Yeah. If I was the Baltimore Ravens, I would have called the Kansas City Chiefs and said, "Hey, let's make a trade for uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire to add some depth and add somebody who can um, not only run the ball but can." Uh, catch open pass or passes in the open field um, can do a lot of those screen passes, a lot of those dump off passes. Uh, at, that's what I would have done. They were going to go get a running back, but the running back that they were going to get was going to really literally make me blow my top. So we're not going to mention that type of trade rumor. They were going to go they, get him. Were they coming um, after? Were they coming after Derek? They were. Yeah. Think. I heard that on ESPN. If that had happened, I promise you I would have blown up the group chat and I probably would (laughs) have lost my top. I will say, Bruce talking about Harbaugh and maybe not being the best coach. I witnessed it in the playoff game against uh, the Patriots when they had a couple of leads of double digits and lost it. And all Harbaugh did that whole game was complain about the formation. He swore it was illegal which it never was because then the very next year, Harbaugh was using some of the same formations in their games. So I'm not a Harbaugh guy. I think he complains way too much. Can't stand him, but I get it. Baltimore seems to love him. He'll probably never lose his job there. I just feel like Baltimore. I think it would take a, it would take a lot. Pittsburgh love to kind of love that stability. It'll take a lot for them to make coaching changes, which I can respect it, but you know, absolutely. I mean, like so if you think of it, you think of it like this. I mean, both of those coaches are always in playoff contention. They're always above five hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you fire them? Why? Uh, I mean, we saw how that worked out. Do you remember? Do you remember the Nor or not North North Turner and Marty Schottenheimer? Yeah. Uh, in 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 San Diego, Los Angeles for the Chargers, mm-hmm. both situations. I mean. Like Marty, 
Marty was great for, for the Chargers, and the Chargers said, nah, we're going to move on. North Turner, consistently in the playoffs, consistently winning the division. And then they just said, ah, you know what? We're just going to move on. Mm-hmm. And it's that like had to be before my time because I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was before your time. Mm-hmm. It was before your time. <laughs> yeah, you didn't hey, get to see I think, Marty. Uh, I think we found it, I think we found Jordan's burner account. I don't. I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, Bruce, look, Bruce, Bruce loves him so Lamar. I get it. But I don't know, because I feel like Jordan likes Harbaugh. Bruce is not not in on Harbaugh. Nah, nah. Jordan Jordan Closet hates Harbaugh. That's why he had to make that burner account right here to let us know how much he doesn't like Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it could be, could be. Uh, I mean, Bruce says, "Wish we could get Tomlin." I mean, a lot of teams wish they could have Tomlin. Yeah. If Pittsburgh were dumb enough to to move on from Tomlin, dumb enough, he would he would get a job the very next day. Yeah. No question. That's yep. why when them Patriots fans was trying to poach my coach, I'm like, um, leave Vrabel alone. I mean, leave him alone. They just want Vrabel to come back home. That's all. It no, is. He, y'all, y'all got Belichick. Remember, <laughs> Belichick just signed an extension. Y'all straight. It's all right. You can change the wording on that. He can move upstairs. It's all good. Look, <laughs> I, 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 look. When it comes, when it comes, well, he could keep that as his main job. The doing the both jobs is probably what's hurting him the most, but you know it is what it is. I'm fine with Belichick. Look, I, I'm not one of the the like arrogant Patriots fans. I feel like if we're not Super Bowl contenders, then you got to like clean house. I'm fine with the 20 plus years of them dominating. It's been three years without it, and people are acting like they don't know what to do in in Boston. Every organization's gone through this. It was just our time to. That's where I'm at. So I can watch it and be like, hey, Demario Douglas is a young guy. I like him. Let's build a future with him. Mac Jones, eh, we'll see. I'm a Mac guy, but look, I get it. If they move on from him, I understand. Because I do think Mac would do better in probably a smaller market, to be honest with you. I just think coming after Tom Brady was never going to be a winning situation for Mac Jones. He was never going to win that battle. So the guy after Mac Jones may have a better time with it because – now that person's just going to be looked at as, can you be better than Mac Jones? That's a little easier than can you be as good as Tom Brady? Yeah. Like it's, it, it's everybody thought, everybody thought that, oh, you know, the crafts and, and Belichick and everybody found this diamond in the rough, uh, you know, in the sixth round. Uh, and that everybody thought they, they were going to do it again. Like, oh, mm-hmm. That's cool. Tom can leave town. Belichick is just gonna pick a pick another, you know, small, scrawny Caucasian kid to come in and and turn him into a turn him into the next Tom Brady. And it's like nah, that's not how that works, guys. But you know, it, it's I, hopeful. I, I, I also understand why Brady left. It was twenty plus years in the same situation, and Brady just wanted to move on. Yeah, I was fine with that. Some fans lost their mind when Brady left. Yeah. It, it, it like, happens. It's a business. Yeah. Uh, you remember? Says, you remember when Brett Favre left? Yeah. And went, yeah, to, he went to Minnesota. Like that was. That, well, first like, he went to the Jets. Oh, that's why the Jets were first. Yeah. 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 You remember that, Jory? Was that in like? Oh. 
four? Or was it all seven? Get, get, you, you got to leave, Jory. You've got to leave. I was born in 2001. <laughs> so you can't really, you can't really blame me. It was, uh, I think it was 2008. Yeah, it was 2008. I was yeah. close. Yeah. yeah. You were, you were. I'm just messing with you, Jory. Oh, one. That, yeah, that's the greatest show on turf that time. Yeah. So yeah, you, you didn't, I was getting ready. I was getting ready to ask you if you were old enough, Kyle, but I forgot that you're Yeah. Yeah. I've been around, man. Been around. <laughs> uh let's see. John said a coach needs to be fired as Brandon Staley. We all agree with that. Oh yeah. Bruce has something here. It will you please say who you feel are the top five quarterbacks today? He put Lamar. We saw that coming. Mahomes, Stroud, Herbert, and then Allen. But not this year as he's playing bad so far. If not Allen, maybe Tua. So I guess he's asking us who our top five quarterbacks are. It's Mahomes, 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 Mahomes. Discredit that. Mahomes. It's Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, look at that Bruce's list. The the names I'd argue with are Allen, of course. But he said he'd probably throw two in there. Mm, two has had a, kind of a rough couple of weeks, but I, I probably two's got a great two has got a big arm. Yeah, uh, but I, I I don't know if I'd put him in the top five. Um, Stroud uh, Stroud is playing like one. As whether or not you would want to put a rookie up there so, so early, yeah. but I'm not mad at that if you have I'm Stroud not mad. in the top. Herbert, Herbert is very decisive, is divisive as well. A lot of people kind of put him as Lawrence, maybe overhyped, and some think he's a really good quarterback in a terrible situation with a bad coach. They don't have a bad coach in Jacksonville, so whoever thinks that is just wrong. No, I'm I mean, about like, Herbert. Yeah. Oh. You, oh. But that's what they did. That's what they did with Lawrence when Lawrence um, had Urban Meyer. Yeah. When, well, in that when, case, it was true. It was. It was very true. Um, and in that case, for Brandon, for um, Justin Herbert, it's true. Yeah. Yes. Man, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't put Geno in top. I five. would not put Geno Smith in the top five. I Ron don't know. Home Stroud, Howell, Goff, two Howell's not top five. Sam Howell. Sam Howell's an interesting case though because he does look really good. Yeah, Maybe that's because five. Eric Bieniemy. Has been scheming and he's getting these yards because he's throwing these. Because that he looks good, mm-hmm. but the Commanders are one of those teams that if you pick them, they're gonna lose. The day you don't pick them, they're gonna win. You're never. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. That's what the I Commanders like are. Um, top five. Man. Yeah, oh, that's a good question. Do you know it's crazy? Um, you know, we 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 kind of did this in the off season a little bit, like on, on the on the fresh part of the off season, maybe in the playoffs. I can't remember when we did it, but a lot of people had a had a consistent name in the top five, and I haven't seen one person bring him up, and that's Joe Burrow. Oof, he didn't play his way back into. Back yeah, Burrow, Burrow's in my top. He's five. fine. So I'll give Mahomes Burrow. I'm just I'm I'm looking at the comments of like right. everybody that everybody has mentioned, and that's what's that's what's crazy is like how many he's people healthy. He's coming back yeah. before. 
He's about to get his spot back soon. So (laughs) surprise someone hasn't said Dak. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I I like I'll I'm not I'm not dogging. I mean I I'm a cowboy hater. Mm -hmm. I despise the Cowboys. I lived in Dallas for five years. Um, and Cowboys fans don't care if you're an Eagles fan or not. I think I think I got made fun of more for being a Chiefs fan in Dallas than than I would have if I'd have been an Eagles fan. Um, but I I don't hate Dak. Uh, I think Dak is very talented. I just I wouldn't put him anywhere near my top five. So. He's too inconsistent for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do we like Dak? He's an interesting case because it's like he plays. He's not an interesting case. He's average. I'm going to just put it at that. But we the are helmet he that, has on plays into it. Right now, he's playing very well. Um, but it's not guaranteed that when they need him to play well, he's going to play well. Right. Because we've yeah. seen it multiple times. And just because he got that one game this year where he played well all – where he was not the reason why they lost that game does not discredit all the other failures. One game does not discredit – Everything else that we've seen Dak do. Mm-hmm. So he's inconsistent, and the words top five and Dak don't need to be nowhere near each other. Agree. Right. Agree. Uh, John also said uh, no one going to put Purdy. Um, no. No. Thank you, Jory. <laughs> I was I was good. <laughs> I was a little. He's playing his uh, way know. out of that one. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what you all would expect from Mr. Irrelevant. Like, I mean, look for being a Mister Relevant, he's he's far. I you guess, mean outdone, for, you know what you, you mean what you would being, think for a guy? Yeah, you mean for being Mister Relevant, he got really lucky to be in a great system. Mm-hmm. True, but a great mind at the head coach and Kyle Shanahan, even though Kyle Shanahan gets in his own way. But yes, that's neither here nor there. Agree. He's still he's still good offensive mind though. He's still mm-hmm. good offensive mind. Um, 20, uh, what was that? 20, 28, three, three When all wow. he had to do was run the goddamn ball. Like really? You decided to make Matt Ryan into Tom Brady. And where did that end you? Wow. Yeah. I, I still watch that Super Bowl every once in a while. That hurt. <laughs> I was a Falcons fan then. <laughs> well, I was halfway a Falcons fan then. I was at my daddy's house. I'm like, are they seriously doing this right now? Oh, when I was 20 to three, I, I was just sitting there watching the game. Like, I'll, I'll watch to the end and then whatever. Yeah, you know, oh, good for the Falcons. And, and they started making that run. And I was like, okay, they might actually do this. And then once it got to overtime, I knew there wasn't a chance in the world the Falcons were going to win that. He, he, we, he had took me home in the mid- in the middle of the collapse. I tell you, that car was full of cuss words. I promise you. <laughs> I bet, yeah. <laughs> I, look, Falcons fans are waiting for that day. That's that's what they, that's what they're waiting for, and that Shanahan seemed like their best chance. They was the, yeah, they seemed like the unstoppable team. I think at that point, a lot of people were kind of looking at it as the end of New England, so they thought it was just the perfect timing. And the way the first half went, it looked like it was going to be a blowout, like a 45 to 10 type of game, which would not have been great for me. But, you know, Atlanta probably would have celebrated it for like two weeks and then moved on to, I don't know, piggyback Bulldogs football. That's what they would have moved on to. Uh, 
or John also says, is it sad I put Goff ahead of Allen? I don't think it's sad. Um, I don't think it's sad at all. I don't agree with it. Um, I think Allen is – like, so So when we talk about top five quarterbacks, like, you've got to, like – we've got to include everything that's that, that it entails to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen is a freak athlete. And he's got a big arm, and he he's a he's a great quarterback. Um, but again, I, I look at I look at personnel more than I do the players, um, just because that's how I've always been. Um, I'd rather blame old white men for uh, for people's struggles than to, to blame young athletes, and and that's that's what I do. Um, Sean McDermott. Uh, love him. He's a great defensive-minded coach. Another coach from the 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 tree of Andy Reid uh, that went on to become a head coach as a defensive-minded coach and can't, for whatever reason, can't can't get it done. So is Josh Allen's throwing them arm punts into the other team? Those are the coaching staff's fault. Whoa, 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 Calm down, calm down. Brett Favre threw a lot of interceptions, Jory. You I wouldn't know that because you was in lady. I think Josh I Allen that. wants to be Brett Favre too bad. That's, <laughs> that's one of the biggest things I have with Brett Favre is just that he would just he would he would drop back and then something would click in his head and just be like, I'm just gonna throw this downfield and let's see what happens. And you're just like, you don't need to do that. I say that with Josh Allen. Buffalo is good enough that you don't need to do that and kill drives just throwing jump balls downfield hoping, you know, Diggs or Davis or somebody finds a way to just get it. Like, take what the defense gives you. If you have to go on a 10-play drive, fine. You should be able to do that. But he always seems like he wants to do, like, two, three quick plays down the field, touchdown, and and get off the field. And I just – I don't understand it. Crit. Chris brings up a good point. He says, how many years does it take to build an O-line and running game? Buffalo's allergic to the running game. Well, that there's that. I, I, I don't understand it. I've said that for yeah. years. If they gave Allen a legit running back to turn and hand the ball to, you'd see a better version of him. But they're just like, hey, yeah. you can continue to be our best running back. That's a wrecking ball. So it, it works for them until they don't. And then you mm-hmm. got a turned up Stefan Diggs throwing a tantrum on the sideline because they're losing. Yeah. Uh, Chris says Peyton built an O line in an offseason. Reed fixed an O line in an offseason. McDermott has had years. Again, like, you know, you, if I, I can name, <coughs> I can name all of the coaches that have came from the Kansas, the, not the Kansas City, but the, uh, the Andy Reed coaching tree. Mm hmm. The only one to go on and be successful, Doug Peterson. Sean McDermott, Ron Rivera. Um, who was Tampa Bay's defensive coordinator? Uh, oh. and then they Todd Bowles. That's actually a good point, yeah. There's That's a there's point. a lot of that and 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 don't get me wrong, like because I've got receipts, y'all. I a thousand percent um, was talking mad smack when Eric Bieniemy was not getting a head coaching job, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of talk 
when Eric Bieniemy was not getting the head coaching job because of the history of Andy Reid's coaching tree. Uh, Matt Nagy goes to Chicago. Um, you know, all the all these coordinators that leave and that are from the Andy Reid coaching tree. Uh, yep, that's John Harborough is is under it. So John Harborough is a different story, but I mean, like, I could I could keep naming. I've got seven or eight that that had non-successful NFL careers, and the biggest the biggest thing that I look at is the defensive-minded ones, the defensive-minded coaches that left Andy Reid's coaching tree that went on to not do so well. Rivera does have a Super Bowl appearance, yes, so I apologize. John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. But and and then obviously, like I said, Doug Peterson. Um, but yeah, Steve Steve Spagnuolo. Spagnuolo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a point. He's a, good, he's a good defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's a great defensive coordinator. I mean, yeah. the, they were they were all good. They were all good to great defensive coordinators. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, great defensive minded head coaches. My question off of that, um, you know, like this is why, like when y'all ask me for my questions, like I can't ever think of anything to like ask or question. I always get my questions like in mid conversation. That's fine. The wheels start turning, right? So if if those defensive minded head coaches um, don't pan out very well, is that because they weren't made to be head coaches? Or is it just proof that this is an offensive-driven league? I mean, it's actually a good question because we have like like four minutes to go, so we'll probably end with this one. I do think I do think it's kind of a product of the era of football because right. because I, I'm it, telling you right now, um, the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs or the 2018 uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, I, I think that I, I think that they would have a high chance of smoking the two thousand Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that's mm, that's what I might have to think that's about. That's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, that, that two thousand Baltimore team was basically handoff to. Uh, Jamal Lewis and punt or field goal and hope the defense turns you over. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, we're talking about teams that scored 50 points, right, in a game. You think think Trent Diffler is going to be able to keep up with those guys? Like, yeah, Ray Lewis would knock you out a few times, but you're still looking at – you're still looking at teams that put up 50 points – Mm-hmm. All those like rules said, yeah, the rules are different. Too, yeah, too, yeah. Rules are, the rules are different. That's that's what I'm saying. You, if you took the 2000 Baltimore Ravens and brought them into 2018 to play against the Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs with Tyreek Hill and uh, K- Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey and and all that whole squad, yeah. or the or the Rams, um, those guys are scoring 50 points. And you think that you think that Trent Diffler is going to be able to keep up with that? Nah, man, that's yeah. no way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some would translate like Ed Reed. Ed Reed would translate then and today. Yeah. He he'd, he'd fit perfectly today. 
Yeah. I mean, Ray Lewis being out in coverage. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if you want to see that all game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's actually a really good, really good question. Like defensive line, they'd, they'd be fine. Because, you know, D, D linemen, it'll, it'll all depend on the offensive line you're going up against. So they, they'd probably do well. But yeah, that linebacker crew would probably get exposed yeah. in pass coverage. And Chris, Chris said, Randy Moss, Patriots, the Randy yeah. Moss, the the Randy Moss Patriots. Uh, I mean, like they were ahead of their time. You took Randy Moss and the Patriots. I mean, obviously, you take that 2007 or 2008 uh, New England Patriots team and put them in today. That's when right I really in. hate Patriots. Exactly. That's when we all hate yeah, them. That's when everybody did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to walk around and just not Live care. It. Live it my up. team was just winning all the time. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, we got 30 seconds left. So, I mean, great conversation once again. I mean, like I said, Chase, Gene should be back next week. So, I guess we could kind of revisit the uh, Kansas City, Philly. Angle oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. It'll be right before game yeah, time. Yeah, be right before the kickoff. So, we can revisit yep. it then. Uh, appreciate everybody who's in the chat. You know, Bruce, John, Chris. Uh, Coach, Mo, everybody from early in the show. I guess before we get out of here, you guys have anything you want to say? Go ahead. If not, we'll kind of just no, fade I'm have a nice night. Okay. Make peace, not war. Right. That's the perfect way to end it. So yep. until next week, make sure you're back here at 6.30 for more cheap seats. We're out of here. Enjoy the rest of your night. And I guess enjoy the game tonight as well. We're gone. <laughs>